Hi, this is Patty Lapone. This is Allison Janney. This is Matt Balmer. This is Donna Murphy. This is Nia Vardalis. This is Jesse Tyler Ferguson. This is Beanie Feldstein. I'm Octavia Spencer. This is Ben Platt, and you're listening to Little Known Facts with my favorite person on the planet, Alana Levine. A-OK. Welcome to Little Known Facts, a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. If you know me, you know how obsessed I am with live performance. To me, nothing replaces being in a theater and the lights going down and the orchestra starts to play and that first moment of magic. And I know the way I feel about theater, some people feel about sports or opera or dance or comedy or food. And what if there was a place that you could go and find out which live events are going on near you that night, and then for a discount price, you can get off your couch, put down that clicker, and experience the magic that is live performance. Well, there is a place, goldstar.com. You just go to that website, you type in your city, and every amazing live event will be listed at discount prices. Theater, dance, comedy, film, food, concerts, sports. No more staying home. You are going to go out and build memories and experiences that expand your mind and heart through live performance with goldstar.com. Goldstar is in 26 cities around the country with over 8 million members already signed up to find out what event is going on near you. So go to goldstar.com. Get out of your house and build memories that are magic for you and your family. Expand your mind, expand your hearts. Go see live performance by using goldstar.com. Tell them Alana sent you. Hey, I heard you need an inspiration. He's Alana and friends with some revelations. Little known back to the day. Every little thing's gonna be a-okay. Hey, I am so excited to share some news with you guys. For the last few months, I've been working on another project that I've been calling Little Known Facts 2.0, Stage Network, an incredible new streaming platform which promises to be Netflix for theater lovers, asked me to do Little Known Facts as a filmed series, a talk show, as it were, in front of cameras. And I really thought about it for a long time because the thing that's made this podcast so special is that All of my guests have been able to share deep, intimate truths about their lives because we are in this tiny, comforting confessional that is the podcast booth. And I really had to think hard, could I still deliver the same kind of intimate, raw, hilarious, and unique interviews if cameras were involved? But I think I figured it out. I created a really beautiful set uh, with very little technology around to distract me or my guest. And somehow through um, the miracle that is uh, modern technology where cameras can be really far away and capture really intimate moments at the same time, we've done it. And I'm so grateful to Stage Network for allowing me to make my dream of sharing incredible friends with you in this whole new way. So I shot six episodes. The first one uh, is with Ben Platt. Other guests include Celia Keenan-Bolger, Zachary Quinto, George Salazar, Nikki M. James, John Slattery, and on and on and on. And I cannot tell you how thrilled I am to share them with you. Stage Network really is an amazing place. Not only is it filled with incredible original content, uh, it has licensed so much theater-related content, documentaries and films, and all sorts of incredible programming. I feel like I dreamed up a network and someone else created it, and here it is. And the fact that I'm involved in even a small way with this incredible, incredible network is just truly an honor. So to that end, 
to watch all of the content, including Little Known Facts, the series, go to watchstage.com. You can start your free trial today, but you guys, it is only $4 a month if you sign up in earnest. That is nothing when you think of what you're going to get for it. I can't believe this place exists. I can't believe Little Known Facts is a film series. I will continue to do my podcast every week for you, but it is really exciting to go on this whole new adventure with you. So go to watchstage.com. That's watch, W-A-T-C-H, stage.com. Enjoy, and I hope you like it. Little known fact about my guest today. As a young woman, she saw Audra McDonald in performance, and well, that changed everything. Welcome, Betsy Wolf, to the podcast. A-OK. A-OK. Hey, everybody. My guest today is the actress Betsy Wolf. On Broadway, Betsy has starred in Waitress, Falsettos, 110 in the Shade, Everyday Rapture, Bullets Over Broadway, and The Mystery of Edwin Drood. Off Broadway, she starred in the last five years. She appears in the film version as well. On TV, you can see her on Instinct. She just recently completed filming uh, a movie called First One In. Um, Her voice can be heard on at least eight cast recordings that I know of. She performs with symphonies and philharmonics all over the world. She has an incredible one-woman show called All Bets Are Off. It's happening any second at 54 Below, uh, but you'll probably get to see it in, you know, a space near you because everyone loves it and wants to see it everywhere there's a venue on the planet. She runs an acting program called Broadway Evolved, which she will tell us more about. This young lady made her debut at Carnegie Hall before she even graduated college, which just makes me mad. (laughs) Welcome, Betsy Wolf, to the podcast. Well, now I can leave. That's it. You know, that's it. And full disclosure, before we began, she also told me where she got her most beautiful dress, which I will take a picture of so you guys can see it (laughs) and know why I'm coveting it. Um, She lies. I'm naked. (laughs) Guys. I'm so sad. It's an audio experience. So you're missing out. You're missing um, out. I'm sure underneath that dress and your under things, <laughs> you are naked. However, mom and dad who are there listening, is a beautiful dress. There's on. a friggin' gorgeous dress <laughs> that you said is made by a company called Zuri. Zuri, yes. And they the, started in uh, Soho, and and there's another one in San Francisco, and it's all made by these African women, and you know the money and the proceeds go back to the communities in which it's made. So it's you know it's a purchase you can actually feel good about. Yeah. And right now, we need as many things to feel good about uh, yes. as possible. So we're already <laughs> starting with a way to give back and look pretty at the same time. So our work is done here today. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. It's been a blast. <laughs> oh, see Betsy and all the things. Um, so although you uh, you went to school in the Midwest, well, this is do, true. We, do we call it the Midwest? Fair I enough. definitely call it the Midwest. Cincinnati uh, would definitely be called the Midwest. Yeah, like geography uh, is and, and naming where things are on the planet is not my specialty, but I do know that. <laughs> but you did not grow up in the Midwest. No, although every character I've ever seen to play, you know, has been some Midwestern girl. Um, I grew up in California, which most people don't necessarily know. Um, and you've been in New York for a while, so now we claim you as one of ours. Oh, I'm definitely a New Yorker now. I got that badge at least 10 years in. How long have you been living in New York? Oh, mercy. Um, 15 years. Right. So 15 years, Not exactly. quite as long as where you grew up, unless you... Well, you are very smart, and you could have gone to college at 15, but you probably didn't. Maybe I probably 17. didn't. Yes. So <laughs> where in California, what part of California did you grow up in? I grew up in a teeny tiny town called Visalia, which everyone always is like, wait, is that Vidalia? Is that the Onions? Nope, is not. that, you know, Valencia? Is that Magic Mountain? No, None of those No, things. it is not. You, you have clearly a knowledge of California. Yes, but why don't you tell the folks okay. at home, northern, southern, what It is in the of, middle. It right. is the central valley of the state. So imagine a lot of agriculture, um, pretty much 
I don't know, 70 to 80% of your our fruits and vegetables that we pay, you know, egregious amounts for at Whole Foods now come from where you my hometown, up. almonds. And Were it was you a great on place a farm to grow up. yourself growing up? No, I was not. I lived in an apartment building. <laughs> no, I was, you know, I was definitely lived in the suburbs, but about eight minutes away, you could drive and there were tons and tons of farms. So, so where yes. you went to school, mm-hmm. was it a mix of farm families and farming families? Oh, absolutely. Everyone was either a farmer in my community, a teacher, you know, a lawyer, banker. It was, it was pretty, uh, pr- pretty clean that cut. way. Yes. <laughs> so is Wolf your actual last name that you yes. grew up with? Yes, it Best is. Best name ever, Betsy Wolf. I know, beautiful. I'm never going to give it up. You don't have to. So I'm, n- I Even won't. if we get married, I will not make you change your name. I just want to say so that right much. now. She is 2019, generous. my friends. I know. Yeah. So Betsy Wolf with an E at the end. Uh, <laughs> It is, I'm not, this is not a little known fact. This is a hugely known fact that you have one of the most beautiful voices uh, ever to be given to a human being. Oh my goodness. And maybe you came from a singing family. Like, did your parents bring cast recordings into your home in this teeny town of like almonds and teachers (laughs) and oranges and oranges and all really healthy things? Yes. Like, how did you discover? singing and musicals and all of that. Well, one of the benefits about growing up in a small farming community and town is that there weren't necessarily tons of things to do except for look forward to, you know, curricular activities, sports, um, and uh, and milking your friends and milking cow. your friends cows. No, I have you know what? I have never actually milked a cow. Really? I, I swear to you, I've never done it. Never done it. I don't necessarily have a desire to. I do have family that, like, are, you know, dairymen. Mm -hmm. Intimately, I know of these family members in there. They work intimately with cows, but I can't say that I know what they do. Um, No, but growing up there, there was pretty much one thing that I wanted to do, which was always copy my sister, Mm -hmm. who was four years older. Is there, are there more wolves or just you? Are there more wolves? More wolves. We have a pack. Yes. We have, it's, it's a huge How many pack. are there? There were uh, two of us, my okay. sister and myself, and then my mom and my dad. <clears throat> and both my grandparents lived just about 20 minutes outside of, uh, of Visalia, my hometown, in different towns. And and my sister was always involved with, like, you know, either the school play or some community theater project. And since she was older, I really kind of was like forced to carpool along with mm-hmm. her to find the rehearsals or right. whatnot. And uh, my mom started to uh, take up set painting. My mom was like the most incredible artist. And once she became a teacher, she kind of had to give up her um, ar- artistry a little bit. She would still paint on the weekends for, you know, commissions and things. Did she teach in the schools that you went to? No, she was a speech and language therapist. Okay. So, um, which I did not have a speech impediment. She made sure of that. And so I didn't actually have her, you know, in Right, in, you weren't in, in her class. class. No. But was she in the school that you went to? Like, no. Did you see her? No. So not at all. In no. another I, I In junior high, building. my dad uh, was a history teacher. And so I ended up being at the same junior high as he. But, but I, not in his class. No. And you know what? I remember thinking at the time, like, I don't really want to be in my dad's class. I wouldn't want people to think, you know, that I had... There was favoritism. There was favoritism. But now, honestly, I would have given nothing. I would have loved to have been in my dad's class. of course. But that's hindsight, right? That's 2020. That's growing old. Really strict rules about that stuff. Like, twins are separated. Parents can't teach kids. It's like... Are we are we lacking in trust that we don't believe that someone could be objective and grade someone fairly? Yes, clearly. Mr. Wolf would have not <laughs> given you an A had you not deserved it. No, one. he definitely <laughs> He would have actually erred on the side of like being harder on you. Yeah, he actually probably would have already corrected something in this podcast, which was, uh, <laughs> you know, he... Did we use the wrong grammar? <laughs> no, I mean, he was a history teacher and also, you know, obviously knows a lot about geography as well. Yeah. So he'd have been like, I'm not sure we could technically call that the Midwest, or maybe he would. I have no right. idea. Um, so it was, it, but to get back to <clears throat> kind of what art. you asked about, yeah. it was, I, it was a I musical favorite. I have no did idea. I, ask you I have no clue. No, no, no. I really did. I wanted I to I just know. will go off on tangents the whole day. That's really the point. Amazing. I'm really hopeful that will happen. Awesome. No, so, but it was a musical family. Mr. Wolf, Mrs. Wolf, like we all, I, I grew up doing this community theater thing. And so I kind of just 
wanted to copy her. And I was like, well, I want to be rehearsing mm-hmm. too. You know, I want to be doing that after school. So I was always involved in dance and and um, started to kind of competitively dance, which was really interesting and thought, well, maybe I want to be a dancer. And then I had an opera teacher that happened to have been in uh, one opera at the Met growing up. They'd moved to a town nearby, and so I decided to study with them. And then I was like, maybe I want to be an opera singer. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and so I was, have been easy- <laughs> I was yes. easily influenced, clearly. Yeah. But it just was, uh, it was something that the family did together. My dad would help drive us to play practice and dance rehearsals. When you said that you started to dance competitively, (laughs) which I know a little bit from, you know, movies Mm -hmm. uh, in some Broadway shows. Oh yeah, very bring it on. Just when you, when you. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. Um, Did that allow you to suddenly travel and see other places or was your world pretty small during your childhood? I wish... The listeners could see my face because when you said travel to other places, the only place that competitive dance ever took me to was Disneyland, which was awesome. Yeah. But let's be very clear when we talk about like travel, what competitive <laughs> dance looked like for, okay. Be- for Betsy Wolf. Okay. At, you know, eight fifth grade. Um, there were people destined to be dancers, and then there were people destined to be probably most likely in a in a really good role with some good, you know, with some movement, movement. capabilities. With, with um, the Jerry Mitchells of the but, world but you, you but how to ju- look good. I don't want to make myself not sound like a dancer, though. Lord only knows. I actually... All right, so what you're saying, Betsy, is it got you to Disneyland. Correct. <laughs> and were you one of those people, I've had many guests on this show, who got their start playing one of the many princesses or doing some kind of full-on show at Disneyland, was that ever a part of your? I did not read that on your resume earlier. Did that yes, happen? No. And when I say I went to Disneyland, mm. I just meant that there was a dance convention that was held at a Disneyland hotel. Okay. No, I was never hired okay. to to perform in in the Disneyland parks. Although I have seen many a show there and grew up, obviously in California, so I grew up with Disneyland. That yeah. was like the place to go. Um, and, uh, you know, again, going to Los Angeles was, like, where everything was. That was where how I got to see tours and, and musicals. So that's what I wanted to ask. How far was it to see, you know, touring shows in L.A. or wherever So in Visalia, you can go to either Los Angeles or San Francisco, and each one is kind of an equidistant, probably, like, three hours, mm-hmm. you know, two and a half, three hours if you're, you know, driving with a lead foot. Um, and what's funny is <laughs> my... My nana, who uh, always took these bus tours, these senior citizen bus tours that she talked about, they would, uh, a group of senior citizens would pile in an orange belt bus and drive down to Los Angeles and see the show. They all had these subscriptions. And my grandpa passed away at a, at a pretty early age. And, uh, and so she would always take either my sister or myself. So really, honest to goodness, the First couple musicals that I ever saw were from the senior citizen bus trip down to Los Angeles on like a Wednesday matinee. My mom would let me leave school and I would go see like the Phantom of the Opera. Was or that the first Lehmann's. one? Do you remember? Oh yeah, like- it, was, it was definitely Phantom. Okay. I was hooked. That was the gateway drug. I was like, this is ridiculous yeah. and I want to be a part of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was I was completely hooked and I came home and I was like, this is what I want to do. But here's With no knowledge of, of, of what, what that really takes be. or what it would that be. But what's fascinating to me is you are not alone. There are no. thousands <laughs> upon thousands of young people who go see something live and picture themselves inside that world. Oh, yeah. You did it. I was instantly smitten. Yes. And I know I'm a theater nut because you just said you are not alone and all I could think of was she's quoting Sondheim. Yeah. And so I just, you know, that's that's when you know we, we have a problem. Yeah. Can you sing? <laughs> Do you want to sing that? Like just that one bar? That one lyric? Oh. You are not alone. No, no one is alone. Truly. You know what's funny is uh, I do a <clears throat> Women of the Woods Mega Medley in my show. And all bets are off. Because it is truly my all-time favorite musical. I'm sure people get sick of me talking about it, but someone handed us the VHS of Into the Woods when I was a child. And I... I'm picturing a hand, like, coming down from, like, the heavens. Just a hand, sort of like... Michael the giant like if you think in, of the Sistine the Chapel. <laughs> yes, 
But I was thinking more Sistine Chapel style, yes. where there's just a hand coming down and, and in that hand. Saving my life. Saving your life with yes. the VHS tape of Into the Woods. Yes, I was a dramatic child. I didn't have an outlet other than this, like, you know, regional kind of community theater, regionals even, like a... That's, that's, right. a, that's a little generous. We're being kind. We're being very kind to the um, to, to, to where I grew up and was performing. But nonetheless, this this VHS, like it just changed. I was like, this is my outlet. This is mm-hmm. it. So the combination of that and seeing Phantom and it just, it's, I knew that, that this is the way I wanted to live my life. And so you obviously got to do lots of shows while you were still a younger oh, person. Oh, an illustrious career. Yes. yes. In your town. Yes, I but played you, the Dormouse in Alice in Wonderland. Listen, no small parts, Betsy. Absolutely. But none. you got yourself to Cincinnati. That's. Did you have to audition for oh, your school? Yes. yes. So, oh, yes. So who's like guiding you through that process? You mentioned an opera teacher, but for most people, even knowing like, what material do I audition for? Where are the schools that house this world I'm talking about? Did you, how did you make your way? Looking back, it was, it was, it was so misguided. And you think you're doing all the right things at the right time, but truly there's no way to navigate this. And the college audition, the college prep process has completely changed. And um, at the time we just had whatever tools that we had, which was kind of the beginning of like the internet, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when you could just kind of sort of go and look up these things. And growing up in California, I didn't have these camps that these students have in the Northeast. You know, I look at like, um, or or even Michigan, like Interlochen or Frenchwoods. I'm like, oh my gosh, these kids haven't made the wealth of information that they even get from these the Broadway directors that are coming up to work with them in the I, summer. Exactly. They had right. a head start. And here I was playing the dormouse. Right. Um, counting my lines. You showed them all, honey. Yeah, I think I had like eight. It's yeah. a pretty big deal then. Um, so, <laughs> do you do that? When you get a script, can you do you imagine? Do that? There's that thing where you can put your character's name in and see how many times. I absolutely do not but I will tell you the most embarrassing story my right. best friend who is still my best friend okay. to this day so clearly she was not that affected by this I will never forget the day that I got cast as a dormouse and I was hanging out at her house I want to say this was like second grade too so I need a little bit of forgiveness and she's like so tell me all about the show you know and in hindsight I'm like well it's Alice in Wonderland right you know and she's like so what do you say what's your part and I was like well I'm the dormouse and and um, she's like what do you do and I was like well I I can't tell you that. I mean, I can't talk about it. Um, <laughs> I signed an NDA. I took it so seriously. That was my first NDA of many to come. Um, You'll have to come see it. Yeah, exactly. I think I said that to her. Like, <laughs> as if she wasn't going to buy the $7 ticket or as if I wasn't going to give her a comp. Anyway, we're still best friends. So, so she's fine. So when you get to school, where did you go to school? I went to school at Cincinnati, CCM. And the, the way that I found that, to get back to your question, um, was uh, there was this like program in Nebraska that uh, it was like the centralized location, the International Thespian Festival, where at the time these were really kind of the big thing to do where, you know, 20 colleges will come and send a representative from the school. You'll do like a mock audition and then you'll kind of meet with the schools that seem interested kind of almost like a mini showcase Mm -hmm. after you graduate. And I remember CCM being one of the schools that was interested. And I was very lucky. I had a decent amount of interest from several schools. And um, I just knew that I should visit a couple. So luckily, I was um, in a very privileged position of being able to visit with my parents, some a couple of schools that we were looking at. And um, I I remember seeing the secret garden there at uh, the school. When I remember you thinking, visiting, you went yeah, to I saw I saw a production, and I remember thinking, like, I, I don't know if I'd be the best here. I definitely wouldn't be like the worst, which is such a terrible way of thinking about it. But I knew that I would be challenged. Mm-hmm. I just remember thinking, like, I feel like I fit in with these kids, and there was something that really resonated with me about that. Um, and there are there people who you went to school with who are still in your community or. Or who oh, absolutely. Or after that, like yeah. working on the Broadway. Oh, there's so many. Oh, CCM has quite a list. I, I mean, yeah, there's there's people in my class that are doing very well, and then there's also people in my class that have never set foot on a Broadway stage and and they're living their best lives. And right. quite frankly, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, like that was their time. Yeah, 
and yes, love to but do it. we I had an audition. You know, you have these big auditions and for these schools, and it's. I remember there was like twenty two hundred people that auditioned that year that I went in, which was an extraordinary amount of people to audition for a conservatory program, and they accepted twenty nine, and we ended up graduating with. 16 or 18, something like that. So you have this crazy thing happen that while you are in school, you are invited to perform at Carnegie Hall. Yeah. Did you practice, practice, practice (laughs) to get there? I am so grateful that I did not know what an honor that was at the time because I just thought, oh, this is, yeah, this sounds about right. This is what happens. Had you been to New York before then? One time. I'd been one time when I was 15 and I'd seen like my idols, you know, perform in Broadway shows. What were those shows that you saw? Oh my gosh. Okay. Miss Saigon. Mm -hmm. My parents had bought, already bought tickets for Titanic, Ragtime, Chicago, and we had a fourth night. We had we had an extra night there, and so the night we got in, uh, my sister and I were begging our parents to take us to Miss Saigon, and tickets were expensive. So they're like, "Why don't you girls just go?" So they bought us tickets, <laughs> dropped off my sister and I, and you can imagine, you know, I'm sitting there like tenth row. That first scene, you know, just comes up, and there's just the strippers, and I'm just like. I'm home. I'm home, baby. I'm home. Thanks, mom and dad. So you have been able to do, I mean, everyone who loves musicals, who is alive right now, there's like Sondheim and all the things that came before and all the things that we love, but there are a couple of shows that are touchstones for all of us. Beloved. Right? So one of those was recently revived, Falsettos. Yes. Okay, like the William Finn canon is just something that like the way he kind of invented this modern musical and and relatable characters and and sort of um touched on these devastating themes but also with so much humor. Mm-hmm. Uh kind of one of a kind. So you got to be in the revival of Falsettos. The last 5 years is a show that I'm old enough to have seen with Sherry, Renee Scott and Norbert Leo Butts. I so wish I would have seen that. In real well, life. that's the great news about <laughs> my being, you know, around a little longer than you have. Um, you got to do that, yes. right? You got to do that part. Yes. Also, you met Sherry and you did Everyday Rapture. I, mean, I know all these it's things. Whole, it's so circular. It's so strange. And then Jenna in the musical Waitress, like just if I were to kind of go on a car trip right now, yes. every cast recording that I would like, I'm, I'm looking like there's a cassette that I was going to put oh, in my yeah. car, but um, no. that's more uh, hearkening back to I remember those. long ago road trips. <laughs> like you have gotten to do, sing, work with these really iconic, incredible people, shows, and parts. So we could really spend a lot of time talking about each one of those, but I want you to kind of talk about, um, because you are doing a show at 54 Below, and I don't have you here for 100 hours, even though I wish I did. (laughs) Like, when you look back and kind of something, like there's a time in which people break through, right? Like something Hmm. happens where you get to do a part and you're noticed in some way by this community that you very, like, when do you feel like you broke through? Oh my goodness. I mean, you make your Broadway <laughs> debut, but when do you feel like, which is a personal, like the sure. idea of getting oh, sure. into a Broadway show? Oh, it's what crazy. What are you saying? And I right? I did an open call. My first open call was my first Broadway show. So let's start crazy. with that. <laughs> Just by the way, because that's, nobody does that. Well, it, it, this this will actually go back to, to Visalia, to my hometown. But I, so I grew up in Visalia and someone named Oh, Aud- we know. Someone named Audra McDonald yes. grew up in Fresno, which was only 40 minutes away. And so what's funny is there's a company there called Good Company Players and they would, they were this like dinner theater and they did all these shows. And that was another place that my family would, we would go take little trips and go to dinner and go see a show. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was this like actress in the junior company and she, you know, at the at the company, they all wear these white shirts and they have their names in red letters and and she stuck out not only because she's gorgeous, but she's also immensely talented. So mm-hmm. in this like sea of, you know, kind of 15-year-olds, I was like, who is that? And I was, I mean, I was so little. She Maybe she was 20. I, I actually don't remember like, the ages. Oh, my God. Um, oh, I, I was in awe. And then she went off to become who she 
is, you know, and it, it, it was insane to always watch this great success from someone that was just 40 minutes away. I, I took from her voice teacher. I remember when she would come back to perform in, in Fresno, we, our family would buy tickets. And so I happened to be doing the 25th annual Putnam County Spelling Bee in Boston. So you started doing that right after school. Those are, that's like an early job. Oh yeah, that was one. That probably was my first gig. Okay, and that was the uh, second time I auditioned for James Lapine, and the first time that I auditioned for James Lapine, you have to come to my show and hear that story because it's it's a miracle that I ever worked for him again. Wow, it's it's epic. It wow. is epic. Okay, um, <laughs> so I was doing the twenty fifth annual Putnam County Spelling Bee in Boston. I'd done San Francisco for nine months, and then uh, we went to sit down in Boston. And with the show. There, yes, with the show. And then there was an open call for 110 in the Shade. And I had an agent at the time. I don't know what I was thinking. And I remember not telling my agent that I was going to drive a car back down into the city and audition for an open call. But I was the first one to sign up that day. And lo and behold, they saw me. And that is, I was like, I want to be in a show with Audra. That's, I mean, that is, that was all that went into that thought process. Right. It was just, I would love to be in a Broadway show with the person that I grew up watching, and essentially. And inspired you, yeah. Yeah, and inspired me, of course. You know, it felt so close. I felt like if she can do this, this is incredible. I can, there's a way to make that happen. So you then know? you're working, you're working with her. Yeah. You're watching, like, like, when you look back at that time, and I would imagine you have become friends with each other, and you have been around she each hates other. She <laughs> well, I told her I stalked her. No, yeah. no. Yes, I love her. I adore her. And so is there anything when you look back or think about how, you know, there are people along the way that we watch and kind of take little bits of their process or, or things that you watch them do. Are there things about watching her work that you, I don't know, takeaways? Well, I watched her sing Old Maid Every single night, there's a little teeny tiny area that you could go and sit and watch that the audience wouldn't see, but I would go and stand in there and watch her sing that every night. And it was the first time that I'd ever seen, obviously, an actress so closely eight shows a week mm -hmm. um, figure out how to not only make it interesting, but to make it interesting for her to watch her subtle changes and, and her discoveries. And it just, it was kind of the first time I'd ever really even experienced something like that. You know, in college you do what, like a one week run, yeah. two week run. Yeah. So this was my first like true long running show that I wasn't on stage the whole time that I got to watch like a true master mm -hmm. um, do a show. And I would see her backstage and I would know like some days were wonderful and some days were not wonderful. You know, her dad passed away during our previews and and I just remember the the strength and, and and saying like oh this is also a job like and watching someone balance what that actually looks like um which was incredible and then I got to learn that from another great Sherry Renee Scott was a great example of then also watching you know that in place so I feel like I've been so so blessed yeah. to get to you know grow up kind of watching these people that I obviously I'd idolize too and know them on a different level and so right but that's so huge just to see like what is their work ethic and how do they handle what do they do vocally do yeah. they, are they on vocal rest or like all the things yeah. that sort of and, and how do they deal when body. when in, how do you how are you dealing with things in the business as a female you know there's an immense amount of pressure on them and did you feel supported by other women as you were coming up Oh, yeah. I mean, I, Sherry, f for sure, because Sherry and I got to work, obviously, a little bit closer than, like, Audra and I did, for instance, in the show. In terms um, of interacting Yeah, in terms of interacting offstage, absolutely. Together. Yeah. Um, it was, you know, it was just, like, the three of us, basically, in, in Everyday Rapture. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I felt immensely supported by her. She always said from the start... I wanted to be surrounded by two women who at any point 
the spotlight could shift on one of them and it would become their show. Mm -hmm. And just that permission structure of someone who didn't even view it as you were backing me up, you know, you're these that ensemble were a true members. ensemble. Exactly. Was, Did you audition was for, was Sherry in the room when you were auditioning yes. for the show? <laughs> oh my God, yes. I'm only laughing because I vividly remember this audition so well. Okay, first of all, the breakdown was, I so wish I had the breakdown to this day, but it was like looking for the initial breakdown was leggy, stunning chorus girls, sexy dancers um, who occasionally will sing. I mean, that was the, this was the breakdown. And then at some point, uh, it just kind of shifted. And, and I think part of that was, was really Sherry's doing was realizing, no, I, I want storytellers by me. And, um, you know, it's it, we like, were I should not approve this <laughs> breakdown description. Well, she did. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, we were originally going in for her um, left and right breast. I don't know if you knew that, but the parts were left breast, right breast. Um, somewhere along the lines that how also do you got prepare, changed. How do you prepare? So that? much preparation goes into that, Alana. I can't even begin to tell you how much preparation and I goes into deep it. Down to the bottom of my. Oh. Like, what? She did ask me at the end of the audition what um, sign I was. And I thought that was very, very strange. And I was like, I like No, her. but she's I'm really... Also, is I there mean, a right answer? Numerology. Like, <laughs> yes. she knows so many things about mystical, otherworldly... In Like, she's her brain holds so much information. And she is called... She's, it is kind of, it's creepy in a way. She's called like life events, like mm -hmm. in my life too. It's very strange. Yes. No, I love her. I learned a lot from her and I still, you know, still see her to this day. Yeah. I've also been pulled over uh, with a, in Mexico while Sherry and I were driving. It was Sherry, Sierra, Bogus, and myself were in a car in Mexico and we got pulled over by the cops multiple times actually. So I've been through a lot for being her. too talented, we're making a talent arrest. We're, it was uh, that's exactly what it was. And they were like, "You have to sing, sing." Why were Sierra, Sherry, and Betsy it's, in Mexico? I don't more know. than once. No, I meant uh, one I'm trip. So sorry, it was multi one trip, multiple, multiple times, getting pulled multiple over, arrests. Which mm, that's that sounds about right. Okay. Uh, luckily, we weren't arrested. We talked our way around it, and that is one of the most entertaining things, actually. To 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 have if someone had a video of how we got out of those tickets. It was kind of extraordinary. We just talked in circles. It was amazing. And and do you know why you were being pulled over? Um, I think a lot of people get pulled over Okay. There. Yeah, I think it's just kind of a thing. Like you stood out? Yeah, I think we stood out a little bit. Broadway. <laughs> That's a little mermaid? We might have been singing. I don't really know. Maybe there was a noise ordinance. I'm not sure what it was. Wow, that is um, an incredible yeah. road trip. Yes. I think, I think the three of you mm -hmm. would make a great trio mm -hmm. um and i want to see that movie there's so there, there's so many unanswered questions about that trip but okay. can you answer one question sure um why were you guys in mexico our dear dear friend john barrett who uh, runs the john barrett salon is that why you all have the was, most that incredible is why, color that is all why yes I'm okay a, i'm a I used to be a Bergdorf blonde, but he's no longer in Bergdorf, okay. so I can't. So I can't say that I'm a John Barrett blonde now. Um, yes, the three of us who have been having our hair done by him for years uh, basically uh, went down there with him on vacation. Okay, so that is that is the story. Okay, I love it <laughs> very much. So when you, which happened first, the last five years or falsettos? Uh, it was the last five years. I left the mystery of Edwin Drood to do the last five years to start rehearsals. With Stephanie Block. Yes. Among other people. Which was my first show with Stephanie. I went to see the mystery of Edwin Drood on opening night with Judy Kuhn, who had been oh my gosh. in the original production. Yes. I've done that a lot with her. And I just think, you know, it's just really fun to see people. That's faces. really cool. Yeah. Because she's done a lot of things and see yeah. them get revived. And it's just the most fun uh, just to watch people have a moment where they freak out. Like, oh my God, <laughs> Judy was here. And then immediately it's all okay because she's the nicest, kindest, most generous human. And yes, generally she is. always just loves what she just saw. Yes. So I get to see the whole thing, like the meltdown and then the melt back up. <laughs> it's, my, it's really like if I had to do one thing over and over again, it would be 
that. Well, there um, is pressure when you do revivals, which I have done many of. And so there, I always know that those people are there. I mean, Sherry was there on my opening night. Yes. Everyone's always yes. there. It's, it's intimidating. Like, wait, you're the record I listened to one million times and yeah. I'm doing it. Carolee was there but... for Falsetto's opening night. Yeah, it was, it's, yes, yes. You get uh, over the terror real fast, though. You have to. <laughs> I, um, I loved, I mean, love the last five years. I love that show so much. Uh, I know every word. I know every word to falsettos. Um, I feel like you and Stephanie, if you either of you are in it, I'll just go see it for sure. Um, but then moving into Waitress, which is just like those songs are truly... Nicolette Robinson have, has been here, Shoshana Bean. I mean, I've I've talked to a lot of women who have had the what they would describe as the honor of playing Jenna. Um, those songs, I imagine you were familiar with them before you stepped into the show. I was. So I, in 2013, became... I, I've always loved Sarah Brills. She came out with an album called The Blessed Unrest, which I've learned has is actually called The Blessed Unrest, but I have special permission from Sarah that I can still call it The Blessed Unrest. Fair enough. So we're just going to go with that. Mm-hmm. Um, she came out with his album... And it made your it its way made into your heart. My year. Yeah. I listened to it nonstop. And so, you know, had you told me a year later I would be starring in the show, watching her, because I, I took over directly for her. You so, were the first. So yes, yeah, so watching watching her on stage, like off stage, like being like, Okay, so this is where she Did it goes. go Jesse, Sarah, you? Correct. Okay. Yes, correct. Let's reenact um, it. When I love when people say, if you had told me. Okay, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Betsy, you know that album you love so much? Blessed. <laughs> Blessed unrest. Yes. Well, in a year from now, you're going to see Sarah in it. And then guess what? You're going to take over for her. Now, what would you say to that? Um, wow. Yeah, I... Um, I would say uh, you are crazy. Do you yeah. audition? Do you just get yes. a call? Oh no, I definitely, I definitely audition. You audition? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, what do you do? What for was the I doing at the time? I'm trying. I'm trying to think if I was doing. Wait, I might have been doing falsettos at the time. Oh my gosh, do the years just all blend that seems together? Very possible. They you were all cooking just together. You were well, we're lesbian. halfway through our tequila yes. and vodkas now. Yes, so exactly. Um, I think I was a cooking lesbian. Yes. <laughs> so I think at the time, yes, I think that's when it happened. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, yes, I got the call. I auditioned. I had another audition. I remember Sarah was sick as a dog the second audition, and she was like crack. You know, I, I was kind of cracking up internally because I'm singing. She used to be mine, and she has just tons and tons of tissues in front of her mm. and she's um blowing her nose during the callback and like, I remember thinking and yes I, well, I remember thinking back. like wow I'm, I'm I'm really affecting her yeah I am she's really doing this song justice and sobbing. it turns out she just had a really bad sinus infection but um so you're singing from the show oh yeah I had to sing uh what baking can do she used to be mine and you know yeah, that's typically, I haven't, when I think about it, I haven't gotten to sing one of my own songs in years, which is probably why I wanted to do this cabaret so bad, because now it seems like when you go in for these, you know, for the roles, or at least that I'm lucky to be going in for it, it's, it's very much show-based, you know, mm-hmm. they kind of just really want to see what you do with, with the material. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I, I took over for Sarah. I know, it's crazy. So, was there, were there many auditions for that? I had two. And had a did call you back. find out pretty quickly? Um, I did. Yeah, I actually found and out pretty quickly. Are you seeing <clears throat> contemporaries and colleagues at the auditions, or did they kind of keep you guys? Did you have to see who else was reading for it or singing for it? No, you know what? Sometimes I know what you're saying, and sometimes you do definitely see, like maybe if it's, there's like three people left or something like that, you'll definitely see them. But at the time, no, it was very. It was just myself because the appointments were about like thirty. 35 minutes long. So right. I didn't I didn't know who else was going in. So, you know, but again, it was yours. It was mine at that moment in time. It really really was and it was life-changing in that it was the first time I was like really leading a show. Mm-hmm. It was definitely like I was like, "Oh, I'm the I am the waitress." Yeah. Here we go. And the show is called Waitress. And the show is called Waitress. It was also the first time I've ever replaced someone, which in its own ways terrifying i've been so lucky to be part of these original casts where you get to 
work with the actors that you are going to be on stage with from the very, very beginning. Yeah. And it's something that I will never take for granted. Just not only the camaraderie that you have off stage, but then just the, you know, the intimate nature of your creating this thing. And so jumping into a show that had already been in existence for two years, let alone after, you know, an international pop star who wrote it yeah. is playing the role, yeah. who is beloved yeah. um, and blessed, you know, it was like, it was this crazy experience. So Her, her persona uh, as perceived, Sarah Bareilles, as perceived by people who don't know her, but just what she puts out, yes. seems like she's the most down to earth, kind, normal person. No, sadly, I wish I could. I wish that I could come thing. up with anything creative for you, anything that would be like, yes, but then this is what affects her. There is nothing. She is an angel. She is a saint. She is creative. She is generous, generous, generous. And she loves that show so much and she is I believe the sole reason why it is still open wow. is because of what she infuses into that company wow so of all the parts because you've done so many parts uh I've is, done some fun ones yeah amazing. it's in a range yes it's like very strange it's so very that odd. is my question <laughs> because the parts in all of these things um obviously what they have in common is you sing like an angel in every one of these songs and your range and like the singular original sound that you make. Um, and also guys, like she's not a big per like you're a small person with this like huge operatic voice that I can come you. out of you. I love you too. And as I said, <laughs> you'll keep Wolf. It's fine. It will not be Betsy Levine. It's going to be <laughs> Betsy Wolf uh, when the nuptials occur. And I love you, Dominic Famusa, my husband. And I know that yes, you're very happy. I'm married, but I did not too. take. I no. did not take his. But last we're name. just saying when we get married. Yes, um, absolutely for sure. So, is there a part? that feels like it was the closest to you where where maybe <sighs> we were seeing more of Betsy than we know that felt the most connected for you and the least like stretching. Oh, definitely. So I mean, that I knew that I was Kathy mm -hmm. in the last five years. You love to count backwards. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> I love to walk backwards. No, I just knew when that was announced that they were going to revive it, I knew that there was an ownership there and an understanding of that role uh, that I uh, had to channel. I, ha I had to do it. I just knew it. And what's funny, it was coming off of the heels of another role that felt um, that I that I that I owned. I, I wouldn't necessarily say it was like this is the role that was closest to me, but. Being Rosa Bud in The Mystery of Edwin Drood mm -hmm. gave me this permission structure because I was able to execute it in a way that I think was so different than what was initially um, as it was laid out to be. It gave me this permission of, oh my gosh, I really can do this. Like I, I can actually, I can be me and I can um, bring things to it that, that I for so many years tried to box in and confine myself to like, well, these are the rules about this part. Right. This is how it's been done before. This is what it should be. Right. And so being, getting to do Rosabud in, in the mystery of Edward Drood kind of, I got to, you know, have that permission structure and it gave me agency to, to, to know that, that Kathy was, that was the right step in the right direction. Did you know Jason Robert Brown? I knew his music, obviously, mm -hmm. very well. Songs for New World I did in college. I played woman number two. Mm. and That's uh, my favorite woman. Well, mine too, unless he tells me that I'm woman number one. Also sometimes, great. Which then I'm like, great. That's so love funny. Did her, I say two? Love her so much. I meant <laughs> So are you auditioning for Jason? Yes. And yes. is he working with you? or he? I, I wish I remembered what he said in the room. Jason's been very generous and... Will tell the story that he knew that I was one of the first uh, people to audition, and apparently, as as this as he tells it, he he looked to Carol and said, "That's her. That's mm -hmm. it. That is. We are done. We're good." And, and then they said, "Well, we have literally like we have so many other people that it's are coming 9 in, and we're here till seven. Yeah, we're yeah. here. And I remember it took months because they they couldn't find their mail. They mm -hmm. could not find their genie. And so I did not know for months that they knew that it was me, but that I was not I was not privy to that information. Gosh, that would have been helpful. Um, it would have been right, 
when you started it, would, learning live. Wouldn't it be nice to know yes. everything? Just like, you know, uh, yes. Trump's going to be impeached. You know, well. it's like, it's going to happen, right? Wouldn't it great to know? So great to know. Uh, so before we go, you're doing this one woman show. Yes. Uh, you've done it before. One woman plus my band. And right. Uh, yes. You're doing my a, a show that you have curated um, based on... I mean, there's so much material out there. So how do you choose? You've sung so many things. You do so many styles. You've worked on so many kinds of pieces. When you, How long is the show? It is 19 hours. Great. Long. So it's sort of like, um, I don't know, the Harry Keep Potter. You, you leave, you go. come back. Yes, you, yes, yes. Um, we have three dinner breaks. No, do you know the hardest thing? I actually got major stress and anxiety just like, just started now, to swell so. up in me when you said like, how do you pick it? Right. That was why for years I couldn't set, sit down and, and do it because I was like, I can't, how, how do you choose. filter? How do you do that? Yeah. And so I tried to do an eclectic mix of things that I, I think people would, would expect to see or, or like to see, but then also very much stuff that just makes me happy and stuff that I feel like, I, you know what, I never really get to show this and like, yeah. uh, and this in is a specific my show. role. <clears throat> yes. And it's so, it's zany and, and it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I found my childhood journal and I was like, oh, when I started reading that, I was like, oh, this is going to be a part of my show. We're good. And it explains so much Gosh. about me and so it's it's fun kind of through the through the through this journal we explore i'm so sad after i graduated from high school mm. i did a gap year before starting university mm -hmm. and decided in like some I don't know, like I'm starring in my own version of hair in my bedroom. Yes. But I'm going to take all my journals. And I saw like the garbage truck outside <gasps> to pick up. And I was like, no, what? this is a new start. And I'm going to take my entire life up until this minute because I'm about to travel to another country. And I'm going to gather them all up. And I like all like very uh, spontaneously and without a lot of thought grab them and as the garbage truck is like going down my road in my little town and just as like the the jaws of the garbage truck are closing on like people's mm. television sets and old couches I throw in all of my journals and now <laughs> oh my gosh that is so turn back down, I know right you might be better off Maybe. I'm telling you it's horrifying to read some of the things that but we write as eight-year-olds. My daughter keeps asking me. My daughter's sixteen, and oh. she's like, "Mom, when you were sixteen, and some of it's in there, like in the yeah. cobwebs." But every once in a while, I'm like, "God, I wish I could be like." I'll tell you exactly. Is it June seventeenth, nineteen eighty? Like here it is. And so, anyway, I I feel that I might not ever have a one-woman show because of that. Um, before you go, mm -hmm. that's a little known fact about me. Oh my gosh. It I would, if me. I have a daughter, let me just say this. If someday I have a daughter, she will never read these journals because at eight years old, all I did was talk about like boys. I was, why, why? What was because I Because you eight? were a passionate young lady. <laughs> I w oh my gosh, I was. And I was like, this guy likes me. When Should at I just eight? tell him that four other people like me? Yeah, should you I, should. That's the way Should we go. just be friends? Should we have an affair? I mean, I, I was writing these things at eight years old. I'd say all three. Can I check? Can I, uh, check? Can I choose all three of those things? Yes. Uh, I'm with somebody else. All four people like me. Yeah. Um, tell them that we're just friends. Betsy, before you go, what is a little known fact about you that you've never shared uh, Ooh, that I've either on shared. Goop <laughs> <laughs> that you wouldn't even share with Gwyneth, but that you will share with my listeners all over the globe. Right A now. little known fact. It can be anything. Oof, I should just make up something. You know what's, you know what's really random? Do you want to know my first... I'm, I'm going to give you three little-known facts. Great. You know what? I don't care if this podcast is an hour and a half. This might be a two-parter. Um, who knows? Two-parter. I'm going to give you a couple little-known facts. Okay. Thank you. Actually, no. You have to You have to guess which one is changing it up. I'm a lot. changing oh. it up. Oh, okay. Yes. It's, it's, uh, which, which, one is, which one is true? I have been on Unsolved Mysteries. I have hung out with Taylor Swift multiple times. I have built... Over 12 houses in Mexico. Which one is true? Um, 
I have to say, only one is true? I don't know. I don't make the rules a lot. Is one true or all three Can true? I, all right, here's what I, <laughs> listen, what I want, if I have to pick one, I yes. want you to have helped, like, build houses in Mexico. I'm assuming it's not as part of, like, some big corporate conglomerate. <laughs> I'm imagining it, like, out of, like, some wonderful Habitat for Humanity style things, but maybe it's like you're an investor in, like, some horrible real estate oh, company. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> But what I, so that's what I want, like the mm-hmm. part of me that wants to imagine you like in yes. that beautiful dress doing yes. the deeds of the world. absolutely. But the 14-year-old yes. girl in me who loves Taylor Swift and mm. will love her till mm-hmm. the day I die, I will never say anything except I love her mm-hmm. because those songs have meant so much to me mm-hmm. and make me so happy. So what I want it to be yes. is that you have spent quality time with Taylor Swift. I know that's maybe not the one. Lucky for you, I am both a uh, philanthropist as well as a Swifty. Both those things are true. All three of them are true, girl. They're all true. And it's the craziest stories. I know it's nuts. That's it. And it, Well, can you just give us a little... Well, like- she came and saw both of her Broadway. Mm-hmm. And we hung out afterwards. And she is. Uh, we talked about lipstick. And we talked about... Um, I was getting an apartment at the time. And is this she was also or like not how yet. Is this dare you? Free? This okay. was 2014. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was. No, it was, uh, it was album. Oh yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's like what? Oh, no, you weren't even. I was like, born. It was born then. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I was like, I don't even think she was born. No, I'm trying to like. Isn't place that the whole it? point of 1989? What album would like correspond to bullets? So yes, it was. It was. It was pre 1989. Okay. And the best part is we. she's so normal and she's so down to earth. And we talked about, you know, lipstick colors, her like, um, you know, her kind of like famous red that she always yeah. wears. Matt. Yes, Matt. Wow. You, yeah. that's extensive. Oh, I that's, love her. That's a lot of knowledge. Taylor, you're welcome anytime. Yes, yeah, she, she will come on. Right. I have, I have complete faith. Right. Um, and then we also discussed uh, buying furniture, which is really funny because I was moving into a 300 square foot studio and I knew at the time that she was purchasing like a $20 million, um, you know, apartment in Chelsea. Yeah. But like you would never know. Like, we were talking about Ikea. I know yeah. exactly. I was like, samesies. We're yeah. in the same boat. Yeah. We, we're just shopping for furniture. Sure. Two girls shopping for furniture. I love that Billy bookcase. Exactly. $99. I have owned them, will probably still own them. And then randomly I found myself in Dallas one night and I happened to see that she was um, doing her tour there that night. And Taylor Swift did follow me on Twitter after bullets okay. and so i'll never forget the day that you see t swift is following you i mean at the time she was the only following one. yes at the time she was only following like 112 people mm-hmm. and so i thought oh i'll just write and say hey i'm in the same town i hope the concert goes really well she dm'd me back on the twitter immediately couldn't have been sweeter and was like why don't you just come and hang out. <laughs> so that's how I know. She's just And she, a friendship was born. She truly is lovely. I have one like selfie with her that like I think I've only posted it one time because she's taken, you know, a gajillion pictures in her life. So she knows all of her angles. And so anyone that just takes a photo with her just looks ridiculous. Right. She just kind of like bear hugged me and like I just have this look of like I might poop my pants right and she she's just a model <laughs> she's just a supermodel her. so I don't always post that one right but um but yes it's true it's true and I adore her for many reasons so. and did you and Taylor build houses together in Mexico or and, we, this- and then we did yes we we ended up building 12 houses in Mexico right after that um no Dallas I did that when I was far Dallas is not far from Mexico I know it's no I did Renee Scott and <laughs> oh Oh, it's so weird. Yes. You're a really good person. <laughs> You've done good things. It is no surprise to me that the Taylors or the Sarahs or, or the Lapines uh, and the Finns and all of these no. people who have worked for a very long time and mastered their craft and are inspirations for the rest of us would want you in their thing. Well, that is very sweet of you. Uh, because you're really talented. And really funny uh, and really beautiful. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, and there's so much more She's to She's had come. a lot of tequila. Yeah, because it doesn't yes. give me a migraine. Um, 
Congrats on your one woman show. What a Thank huge, you. Uh, with not a one woman show. Congrats on your gig with your band. Yes, because uh, that's a lot of work. Um, it is. It's, but it's easier been so fun when other people write it. But you're doing it yourself. You've done it. I wrote it. I love it. It's a way of connecting. It's the thing that drew me to theater is the connection with the audience. Yes. And every night is a little different. And, it's and I know that spaces. it is. And I know that some people love their cabarets to be like, and my next song is this. That, that is absolutely not this show. Okay. And, give um, us one thing because most people sadly don't like this, the, the, bandwidth and the kind of wingspan of this podcast what's been so remarkable to me is that mm-hmm. it is really thrilling to see like someone in Dubai will write to me someone in Singapore someone in China like people love Broadway all over all the world over. and it is a rare thing that they are actually in New York getting to see the thing so I'm going to ask you mm-hmm. if you would for like my friend in I don't know Tokyo Tokyo who yes. might be listening if they were to come tonight to 54 Below, what's the first sentence of your show? Well, I sing a song called Please Like Me, which is exactly what you would think. And then afterwards, I welcome everyone to the show. And I like to say, um, for those of you who don't know or definitely bought this ticket by mistake, I am Betsy Wolf, And now that uh, I've clearly laid out my expectations of you, I'm sure you have some of me. And so then kind of from there, it's uh, it's a, I don't want to say it's a free-for-all because there's definitely structured moments, right. but some of the best moments in the show always come from the ability to interact with the audience in a way and make sure that they know that this moment is only happening right here, yes. right now. And it's I think not pre-rehearsed. It's nothing, you and them. No, you're and in it together. So much of what I say is not pre-rehearsed. That's amazing. Um, it's really fun. It's really fun. I promise you're going to hear some really ridiculous good stories, especially about the time that I blew re- it. Recorded Sondheim. Yeah. That you recorded Sondheim? Yeah, yeah. He came backstage, and so I did what everyone does when they know Steve. I call him Steve. Is going to, like, talk to you. I, like, started recording it on my cell phone. Yeah. I have no shame. There's just no shame. I thought, when else are you going to star in a Stephen Sondheim musical, and he is going to come up and talk to you after the show? How many times does that happen? You know? Yeah. Well, for me, quite a few. But yes. For most no, people, totally. I get no, it. For I you, hear it. one, and for uh, most, no. Who knows? Yeah. You know? So, so um, I talk about that. I, I Sometimes I made smart decisions, and that was definitely one of them. Yes. Yes. Uh, Betsy Wolf, thank you for being here today. Thank you. You are glorious. So much. I'll see you soon. Clouds can make the wind blow. Hey everyone, new episodes of Little Known Facts drop every Monday and you can find them on your favorite podcast provider. Also, if you go to the website, littleknownfactspodcast.com, you'll find behind-the-scenes photos, videos, and interviews, and lots more on the gallery page. And if you are loving these intimate, candid conversations with all the artists who come on the show, please head over to the contributions page. I depend on these donations to continue to bring you these interviews every week. So if you love the show, please donate. Thank you to John Zaytoon, who is the talent coordinator for this episode. Little Known Facts is edited by Nicholas Klar and recorded in New York City.